Well, welcome everyone to Cheltenham. Only better episode five, can you believe it? Natalie Green, joined by our wonderful panel. Need no introduction to our Carter, Brendan Duke. Boys, how are you? I Firstly, I'm really sorry about my awfully squeaky voice. I, I mean, I hate the sound of it myself. Um, so I've got a pretty bad cold. We're going to struggle through because that's what we are. We are Teflon. How are you, lads? Have you had a good week, good week so far? We are strugglers through, Brendan. That's that's what we are. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, no, I have been a bit peaky myself, but I think I'm coming out of the other side of it now, just in the nick of time. Yeah, Brendan, you said you're feeling um, rather overworked. Oh, stop. I've three shifts this week. I just, uh, I hope executive burnout is always a grave concern of, of mine, Natalie. But uh, yeah, I'll... Uh, I'll just try and try and get get through the week. Uh, the best fresh angle has gone to pot, but we 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 we'll, we'll, like you, we'll struggle through. <laughs> we'll get through it. And Daryl, have you been? Yeah, talking about struggling through. I'm just struggling through to the end of the year to try and make sure it was a profitable one. Better to in better <laughs> perspective, it's been a very strange year for me. It's been such an up and down ride, roller coaster um, moments. Like one minute you're, you're doing really well, the next minute you're in the gutter. But such is the game, uh, as you say. We struggled on through, but. Yeah, look forward to this every week. Look back at the week on the Cheltenham, uh, Cheltenham prospects. Hopefully dig out a bit of value uh, and, and give some strong opinions. Yeah, of course. That's what we love on our Cheltenham Only Better show. So loads to get stuck into, as always. And we're going to kick off with our horses to look back over the week that has been. And a horse we start off with is Blizzard of Oz. So on the Betfair Sportsbook, the prices we're giving you, 25s into 16 to 1 for the Albert Bartlett and 20 to 1 for the Ballymore. That winner then of the um, Maiden Hurdle at Punchestown just further on in the week, it was 12th of December, in those double green uh, colours, Willie Mullins and Paul Townend on board. Um, it was heavy ground. Daryl, we'll start with you first. How do you rate the performance and the substance of that race in particular? Well, Blizzard of Oz. Yeah, if he wasn't in the double green colours, would we even be having him on our list this week? I'm not sure we would. Look, he, 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 he was okay. He was dropped in. Um, I thought he jumped okay in parts, showed a bit of resolute, but is he a grade one horse? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. He looks a stamina stamina type to me, so the Albert Bartlett would be the way to go. You could have any price for the Ballymore. He ain't going to be winning that, surely. Um, but look, run-of-the-mill average performance, probably going to reach a rating of around 140. That would be my educated guess at this point on the, on the, on the limited evidence that we have. So, yeah, average. Yeah, Brendan... Um, well, I, I mean, he was a decent bump for a horse, but 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 only decent. Uh, he he will need this step up and trip to unlock improvement. And indeed, the performance in Punchestown gave, gave promise on on that score. Looked all about stamina. I can see uh, why the main cut was for the Albert Bartlett. The second was an expensive purchase out of a point field, Killarney King. That could have jumped better in fairness. Uh, I wouldn't say it's particularly uh, st strong form, but he does have upside going, uh, stretching out and trip. Yeah, I haven't really got much more to add because I, I do agree with you both. Pretty average. It was one of those races. How do we totally gauge the substance of it? Um, we could look a bit more deeply into Apple Away. Um, sweet little, little mare. There's 25 to 1 into 20 to 1 for the Brown Advisory, um, 20 to 1 into 14 to 1 for the Mayor's Chase. Again, all the prices on the Betfair Sportsbook. It's nice, probably narrative as well, for old goal racing, you know, real good racing syndicate, Lucinda Russell. Um, I actually, I really liked her at Haydock in the graduation. She was just totally outpaced, wasn't she? She was never going to get near Grey Dawning. She, But, I mean, I think one thing to say about her is she's 
quite a neat little jumper. I liked her jumping from her pointing background. She's clearly got experience from that. Brendan, how do you surmise Apple Away's performance then in the week? Yes, well, I, 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 I like your introduction. I wouldn't have her on my mind for the mayor's chase because uh, she wasn't quick enough for two mile six in, in Haydock. So how is she going to drop back and trip and be effective at Cheltenham? So the Brown advisory, or indeed the National Hunt chase, I mean, she looks a mare of, of, of bottomless stamina. She was highly progressive last year, finished up winning a grade one over three miles in entry. I would say stay away Faye wasn't quite on song that day, but it's almost certainly decent form, Oroco. Uh, uh, back in third, um, I thought her jumping was better in Leicester than than it was in Haydock. She jumped, she jumped fine in Haydock. I mean, it, it was it was her first time uh, under rules uh, over fences, but definitely had went with a real zest in in Leicester. And yeah, she'd be she she'd be a formidable adversary getting the mayor's allowance. Uh, in, in in the likes of a brown advisory or indeed I I think I'd lean towards the national hunt chase. I mean you can't be sure that she'll stay, but she just looks a relentless galloper, doesn't she? Yeah, Daryl, I thought she does seem to have stamina and abundance. Of course at Leicester there's just three runners in, in that race, wasn't there? But it's also quite nice to you know to, to see her back out you know reasonably quickly. Like I think she's got a little bit of resilience and toughness about her. Yeah, she has. She's built up this big fan base for for for, yeah. uh, for a grade one with an entry last year, but perhaps she was slightly flattered there. Brendan's beat me to the punch here. I thought I was coming from a wide left angle, from a from a, from a left field position with the national hunt chase because, as Brendan said, she's not got the pace for for two and a half miles, and she certainly doesn't jump from A to B as if she would have the pace to keep up with a championship race. And I would even consider that she was struggling the brown advisory. The clip they're likely to go early doors. She'd be left for dust, I think. But the National Hunt Chase could be right up her street. She does seem to stay forever. This was deep, bottomless ground at Leicester. Look, it was a three-runner race. It was very little substance to the form, but it was nice to see her jump well and um, and run out a ready winner. But she's definitely all about stamina, potential national sort of type of horse, I think, maybe for the future. But in terms of a championship pace at Cheltenham, I'd, I'd be concerned about her in a Brown Advisory and I'd be very concerned about her in a Mayor's Chase. So National Hunt Chase seems to logical option for her but um look i've got to be honest i'm not a massive fan of her as a lot of people are but um she's going the right way she's only going to improve she did struggle in three point to point she did win a point to point but she beat uh, an 80 rated hurdle hurdler so you know she needs a bit more um to, to get up to the level of a Cheltenham festival winner but the national hunt chase would seem the most likely or the most um reasonable race for her yeah very valid points and we'll just see her progress and see where she where she ends up what she does maybe there's far bigger sort of targets down the road we need to just sit and sit and wait on apple away there and um, only by night then is 20 to 1 into 14 to 1 for the mayor's novices hurdle she won at nace over two miles in, in a mayor's maiden uh this is for gavin cromwell um daryl stick with you for this because I mean, she was pretty flawless, wasn't she, to be honest, aesthetically. If you look at her hurdling debut, now three from three since joining Gavin Cromwell. So with her bumper wins and things like that, how do you rate only by night? I, I, to be honest, I think she's a little bit overrated, in all honesty. Like, the visual impression of this was was very good. She quickened up really smartly. Um, I thought uh, Gordon Elliott's runner uh, who came down at the last uh, Magic, was it Magic uh, Dawn? Um, I thought she would have given her, give her a good run for her money. Uh, so I thought she was slightly flattered by the by the winning margin. This was a very, very slowly run race that turned into a sprint over the final couple of hurdles. 
And that's been a theme of her previous two wins as well, where she's been in very pretty much weak races and and she sort of sp- had a sprint finish. So I'd need to see her in a truly run race before I could get overexcited about it. She's obviously been cut 50 to 1, sort of 50 to 1 range into into that 14 to 1, I think you said. Was it 14 to 1 or 12 to 1? Yeah, four to, from, from 20s into 14 for the Mare's Novice Hurdle. Yeah, yeah. I think she was a lot bigger with other sports books before that run. But um, she's... She's okay for now. Has she achieved as much as the likes of Dysart Dinos, who we'd, we'll talk about in a bit? I don't think there's, there's any comparison, but uh, she, she's obviously going the right way. She's improving for a new handler. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Brennan's take on her is because um, I was I thought she was a typical horse that wins by 10 lengths, didn't really achieve a great deal and would be over bet next time. Yeah, Brendan, over to you. Yeah, so no, no, well, I was impressed. I mean, it, it was interesting um, since, since she's come over to Gavin. She really well backed in a decent bumper in Navin. She went off five to four. I thought it was one of these prices where you go, well, that's way too short. And, and she came home on the staff. Um, again, went off a, a very short price here. And there were total mugs in behind her. I was highly encouraged by the way she settled in the race. She has been inclined to be a bit free in her bumpers, but uh, may, maybe hurdles or maybe just with maturity, she seems to be settling down a bit better. Um, as you mentioned, she, she, she jumped well. How, it, it's always hard to, to, to get a handle on these different lines of form with, it, with these novices. Um, but she's I mean, I know this is such an easy thing to say, but she, she's done nothing wrong. She's she's clearly progressive. I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be dismissive of her, but it is hard to get a handle on exactly what she's achieving. Yeah, fair comment. So we've not got the cold water bucket out, but we've not lit the no. fire either. So we're staying very. Well, I, I mean, I suppose <laughs> the, the other snag with her is that her form has come on really deep ground. So whether she'd be as effective on spring ground is definitely a question as well. Definitely is, and only time will tell with that. So we're just we're a guessing game, but we're a fun guessing game, aren't we? We're just trying to analyze what we see as we're given it. Um, and Grey Dawning is another one we can talk about. Is still sixteen to one for that Brown advisory. Ran at Cheltenham on Friday. Uh, novices Chase did make a mistake jumping the second last and was beaten by Ginny's Destiny. So we can. Talk about both of them. Now, I don't have a price for Ginny's Destiny, um, but on that Betfair Sportsbook, Grey Dawning, as I said, is still 16 to 1. Brown Advisor, you know, really showed that lovely pace and turn of foot at Haydock, um, a different race here at Cheltenham. Daryl, let's start with you on Grey Dawning. Yeah, this was a proper race, this. Uh, he made a mistake. It was probably an understatement. He made about <laughs> six or seven, I think, didn't he? He's jumping. He, he's, yeah. quite exu- he's quite exuberant, isn't he? He's jumping, sort of needs to get, get get his act together, really. I think this was a proper race, though. Um, I thought Ginny's Destiny, everything sort of went the right way for him on the front end. Harry Cobden's brilliant, just brilliant on the new course, dictating the pace. And Jump foot perfect and just everything went right. Cree billion behind, jumped a little bit sporadically at times and perhaps didn't give his best. But the one to take from the race was Grey Dawn and he was giving Ginny's Destiny three pounds and giving um, that horse the first run. I didn't I didn't think Cheltenham would suit him, I must admit. I think he's a horse that likes to build up uh, momentum and wants a nice long home straight to really get going. I think he proved that to an extent yeah. as he was coming back at a finish. I think the step up and trip will be... Definitely interesting for him going over three miles. He's he's just he's just relentless in terms of the the form figures by his name are just you know he keeps on improving race by race and and you would say there's a lot more to come as well given that given how he jumped here, 
Um, so he's definitely one we should be taking seriously, I think, 16 to 1. He could have any amount of comment going out the three miles. I think Ginny's Destiny and him will probably meet a Warwick next time out. Now, Warwick is a front runner's track, so it'll be interesting to see if the form is reversed there. But I, I would I would view Gray dawning very positively at the moment. Yeah, well, you know how much I love him. I refer to him as my unicorn, mm. the one I wanted to take home. And totally agree with you, Cheltenham's a totally different pro- prospect. A hey, Doc, he could really go long and he kept attacking, attacking, attacking. And I suppose... Really, he probably would have learned a lot from going yeah. on Tottenham. He, I would agree. And I, and I dismissed him a little bit after Haydock, I must be honest, because I thought the, the race fell apart. Now well, You weren't too harsh. I, I weren't too harsh. I wouldn't take the form of Apple away given like as a boost, though, over, over at Leicester, despite the fact that she won. But I do think this was a this was a better performance than he had put in at Haydock for me, personally. Fair enough. Brendan, how, how do you view it? Yes, I'd say I'd say it was a good race. I mean, Ginny Destiny has done nothing but improve since joining Nichols. Jumped really well. Would be up to mark and say the mid forties after after that performance for Grey Dawning comes out the, the the best horse at the weights and the mistake at the second last clearly clearly cost him the race. Was delighted to see him run so well. I really rate that Exeter form that the the novice chase that Stay Away Fay won. I think both the first and second would improve for a step up in trip. And and our progressive sorts, so yes, should should have good seasons and could be a factor in the uh, major prizes later in the season. Yeah, exactly. And sticking with the team skeleton theme, late night pass was very much the lovely narrative in the cross country race at Cheltenham with Gina Andrews. Very emotional, happy um, interview, um, which was slightly tired and very sad with. Jess Geel, Oliver Greenall, and Josh Guerra horse that, that sadly had a fatal injury. That, you know, I mean, Henry gave a very emotional interview too. But late night past, focusing on the positives here 12 to 1 into 10 to 1 for the cross country race on the Betfair sports book. Um, yeah, like I said, it was lovely scenes, a real family affair. And I think as we talk about late night past, we should incorporate Manella Indo as well. Uh, Manella Indo is 10 to 1 into 4 to 1s now on the Betfair Sports book. So, Brendan, should we stick with you for your sort of analysis on Late Night Pass? And if you can tie in Manella Indo, I think those form lines is, is a good way to sort of analyse the race. Yeah, uh, Late Night Pass uh, did it well. I didn't think the jumping was was was, was pinpoint, but didn't seem to stop and just tanked through the race and ran out a, a ready ready winner, uh, gave a boost to the form of Foxy Jacks. In- interestingly, the, uh, the, the sports book, Cut a late night pass, but uh, they haven't got Foxy Jackson in the betting for the cross country chase. But there are some fancy prices out there in the marketplace. Um, and he'll be <laughs> well played, to, he, 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 he'll be up to a mark in that discipline in, in the 150s. Uh, so so wouldn't have masses to find with say the Gordon Elliott battalions and, and Manella Indo. He's half interested uh, for the race, might go for the Paddy Power Chase over Christmas. He wouldn't be quick enough for that, but he's, he, he clearly enjoys uh, uh, these cross country fences. Manella Indo did seem to take to it, and I could see why they cut him, was conceding 20 pounds to the winner, but he's gone a bit roguish uh, ever since he won the gold cup. He, but I'm not sure Manella Indo totally fancies it anymore. Maybe this will reignite his fires, but he, he wouldn't be a horse I'd ever trust. Daryl, how do you think about it? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a strange race, these cross country races, because everybody or the, or the, or the, the traders seem to forget every single year. They put the likes of Manella Indo and Galvin in towards the top of these markets 
but it's a handicap. So they're carrying weights, like they're carrying ratings of 160. And it's just not even Tiger Roll could do it. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's exceptionally difficult. The fact that Manila Indo's only been beaten five lengths by late note pass and getting to the festival, late note pass has gone up to a mark of 149. Manila Indo's come down to 157. Like there's going to be a 32 pound difference come the festival in, in that sort of region, you know, between them. So it's almost on that, on that, on the form of that run at the December meeting, it's almost impossible to turn around and say that late night pass will beat Manila Indo yeah. because of that such significant weight swing and the distance that Manila Indo has been beaten. So if Manila Indo continues to take to this discipline and he runs a very similar, if he runs an identical race as he did, at the December meeting and late night pass runs his identical race, then there's no way that Medina Indo wouldn't finish in front of late night pass. Does that make sense? So like it, it gets misconstrued throughout the season. I see it year after year, Galvin, Medina Indo, horses like that, those former gold cup horses put in towards the top of the market for the handicaps. And then by the time it comes around to the festival, they're perhaps a bit of value because the weight this off level weights in March, you know. So I expect the likes of Galvin, Manella, Indo, conflated those horses to really come to the fore in March. And late night pass for me, ten to one. I think, you know, albeit a very, very good horse and an improving horse, um, has got to improve a good bit more to beat the, the those same horses off level weights in March. So I'd be looking at Manella, Indo at the moment because I, I was really quite taken with the run first time over the course think there's could be more to come from me and this this track seems to reignite those um classy horses who have perhaps been in the doldrums for a little bit so it was nice to see him run very well yeah and that's why you're paid the big bucks Daryl carter <laughs> I don't know about that's that. what you're here for we love it very uh well analyzed um a horse called braddon beige here 40 to 1 into 33 to 1 for the triumph on the best sports book with that burdette road form brendan Come on, give us your knowledge. Tell us all about Brad and Vesha. Well, there's, uh, there's there's not a massive amount to tell. That was only the fourth run of his life. He ran in a flat maiden for Joseph O'Brien, then won a juvenile hurdle for Joseph, I think, in Ballon Robe, and then transferred over uh, to England and uh, ran well behind Burdett Road. And I still got beat six and a half lengths. And this was probably a, a, another step up, as you would expect, of a horse with, with, with his profile. Fairly impressive. Looked to have the skeleton horse cooked when that came down at the last. Um, I mean, 33 to 1 is, is, a, is a big price, but he's not an easy horse to make a case for. I am of the opinion that uh, when, when, when the Willie Mullins battalions really get rolling, that they'll go past Burdett Road and, and, and surpass him in the market for, for the triumph hurdle. Um, but he is the standard setter in the juvenile hurdle division in the UK, and the form got a boost there at the weekend. So Burdett Road connections happy. Braden Fassett continues to improve, but will need to take a further significant step up to be a factor in a triumph hurdle. See, beautiful, seamless, um, and then we can look at Shanna Bob here, twenty-five to one into sixteen to one for the Albert Bartlett. So, Daryl, let's start with you and your thoughts and opinions on Shanna Bob. Yeah, I like this. I like this a lot. Um, maybe a little bit biased because I backed him on Saturday. I thought he was a, I thought he was be a good thing on Saturday. But this was the first time he was in a proper, proper race. Okay, so he's gone around plumped and he's basically pot, potted around at the front, just got the job done. But I like the way Nico buried him in behind runners here. He was yeah. when they when they bury these Henderson horses, when Nico buries these Henderson horses in, you know that they probably got a good one because they're 
they're confident enough to think that they can go and pick up and give something first run. And they're trying to teach these horses a thing or two. That was the case with this lad, but I didn't think Nico did his due diligence before the race because he sat in behind um, the Kim Bailey horse, destroyed the evidence. And now that horse jumps pretty poorly and he's often on the bridle throughout much of his races. Um, so it, things weren't going right for him on the first circuit. The, 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 the Shorty Evans kept jumping back into his lap. Nico kept trying to find a gap and sort of trying to get a little bit of daylight. So I, I didn't think things went all, all all straightforward for him, but he's come out a really ready winner for me. I thought he was very, very strong from the back of the uh, second last to the line. It's everything you'd want to see from a horse stepping up and trip for the first time under maximum pressure. Um, yeah. I think he was still a bit babyish, a bit green. But he's but he's really really found, and um, the time was pretty good. Like it was a, a truly run race, a, a proper test at three miles. The right horses finished in behind him, the second and the third. They had much more experience than than he had had. Um, he's a hefty purchase of two hundred grand. They've said he's going to go to the Albert Bartlett. You you got no worries about his sort of where you know sort of the Willie Mullins bingo on the other side of the RSC. You know this lad's going there. I think he'll improve a good bit from this run. I think he'll learn a good bit from this. And uh, I think he's a horse to look forward to. Is he one to get excited about? I'm not so sure, but he's definitely one to get look forward to. I can see him progressing and progressing. And by the time March comes around, he's going to be pretty battle-hardened. And I would be surprised at this moment in time if he wasn't in the thick of things, you know, first six sort of home in the Albert Bartlett, if he continues his improvement. So, look, the form is not, as strong as you'd like it to be, but there's not many novices in Britain that are going to make everybody's form look exceptional. Uh, yeah. That's just the truth of it. So it, providing he continues to progress, I think he's one to keep on the right side of. Yeah, and Brendan, do you agree? Because it's something really exciting about if they are a little bit green, a little bit babyish, because kind of surely that's what we, we want to see. You know, they're, they're learning their education and we, we want to oh, yeah. see that improvement with them. So what did you what do you think of Shannon Bob? Well, I think I would say that Nico clearly agrees with you and Daryl because it was a very educational ride. And I mean, he he he, he was off the bridle in, in terms of he was changing his hands on him a long way out, but he never seemed to panic and he didn't pick up the stick until after the last. He obviously felt that the horse was giving uh, for for pressure. He looks he looks a genuine sort, if very very babyish, and uh, ran ran out a ready winner. I just. I mean, the snag, of course, as Daryl mentioned, is that the second last time out won a handicap off 122. So you can definitely crib the form. And I mean, will he be battle hardened enough for, for, for the Albert Bartlett? I mean, Henderson doesn't doesn't tend to overrace them. I'd say he'll only have one more run between this and, and Cheltenham, but maybe he'll learn as, as much again uh, in, in his next run. I definitely wouldn't be going straight to the festival. None of, the, none of, none of, none of that caper. Henderson doesn't tend to listen to me, granted, but I, I do think he certainly, <laughs> he certainly he certainly needs one more run. And um, if, if he can uh, overcome his relative inexperience in the maelstrom that is the Albert Bartlett, I'd say he definitely has the engine to be a factor. He showed a good. He showed a bit of battle here, hasn't he? he oh, showed yeah. a bit of toughness here. I think he was. I think he traded it six to one at, at the bottom of the hill, and then and then he's he's coming around that home bend. He's he's dropped in the market again. That they've well backed him, but I thought he showed a good attitude here. How much? How many more runs would would sort of? Do you know what I mean? Like he could have if he if he'd have won this on the bridle, I would say yeah. Look, he needs you need to get a couple of more runs into him. Let's get him fighting for for it. But after this, I think um I think he might be have the resolute. As it is, 
if that really makes. he was he was he was a touch keen early on and again Nico did well to get him to get him covered to, to to get him to drop the bridle but it took him a while to do that he made a few novice mistakes uh, I, I, I I don't know that that's such a tough race that Alba mm, Park yeah. lots lots of runners lots of things going on I would, I, 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 well, inexperience. Sorry, experience is never is never wasted. I would be inclined to give him to give him one more. Would you go straight to the festival with him? No, 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 no. I wouldn't. But I just think I think another run. What what I would hope he would learn from that, given he's had to dig deep and he's had to mm. fight when he could have easily down tools. I thought another run will will put him right. Do you get what oh, I mean? Yeah. We'll put him where he would need to be. No, I definitely wouldn't go straight to the festival. No. Yeah. And and it, yeah, it's, it's, that is what's really exciting. It's not like um, Nicky hasn't got good horses to work him against. And I think if we're being realistic in, in Britain, Nicky's one of the few trainers that can do it at the festival. Let's be honest. Mm. I mean, it's the honest though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely you can. But with like Brennan said, with the Albert Bartlett, you're going to come up with, I mean, he's he's come up against two horses there albeit are going to be far inferior to what he's going to face in March that have had a lot of experience and he's out-battled them, which is yeah. a positive sign. But as Brendan said, those novice mistakes, a little bit keen early, bit babyish, sort of having horses coming back into your lap. And it would just be nice to get a bit more experience into him. But I would like it to be in a, in a decent race rather than a little novice round Hunting, Huntingdon or somewhere like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that would be, I think that would be wasted on him. Whereas I think yeah. he's he, he's got loads more to come. So, yeah. yeah. And ultimately, yeah, then he's got to face the argy bargy of the, the yeah. Albert Bartlett. So we're a little bit excited. Are we bubbling away? Tiny bit excited? Bobbing away. Bobbing away. <laughs> we're bobbing away on Shanna Bob. Yes, let's bob away. Um, and then a, a, a little mare we, we've covered, uh, I think, two weeks ago. I can't remember now. Fun, fun, fun. Um, she was running at Thurls on, on Sunday. She was actually beaten by Birdie or Bust. Uh, Rachel Blackmore on board, Henry de Bromhead trains. Now, Birdie or Bust um, gave Rachel another winner, you know, for the Serial Winners Fund, uh, which is amazing. And the fund is now up to 125,000. Jesus, get your hand in your brain. pocket, huh? Keep going. So brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, so I think in this, we, we could talk about Fun, 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 who's still... 10 to 1 for the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Birdie or Bust is, is not in the betting. So if we can talk about both of them, I think that's that's really useful um, and, and how you sort of analyse that that um, Mayor's Novice Hurdle at those on Sunday. Brendan, we'll start with you. Yeah, remarkable Mayor, this this fun, fun, fun. I mean, um, I know with the likes of Quivega and what have you, Willie Mullins has previous with small mares, but Quivega is like a Clydesdale compared to this. It's hard to, <laughs> she, she, she might be the smallest, she might be the smallest horse I've ever seen. Um, she's a pocket she's, rocket. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but she doesn't have to see, she doesn't seem to have any problems with the hurdles. In fact, it wasn't even that bad a mistake at the last, just sprawled on landing. Uh, she obviously would have, I, I mean, she could, she, she could have won by 10 lengths. She, she, she'd have won it. She liked anyway. Um, has has decent bumper form. Will, Willie Mullins in that uh, mayor's novice race always, always a factor. Yeah, she, she she's she's very likable. I mean, you can see in fairness why they didn't put Birdie or Bust in, in into the betting. I mean, she she she, she would have been beaten six wickets there. So whether whether she'll even go to Cheltenham, I mean, she she'll have another chance to prove to prove her credentials. But she she would have been a, a pretty moderate second in that race had the, not for the incident at the last. Yeah, sure, Daryl. Yeah, I agree with 
everything Brendan said. I, I'm quite, I'm quite I found it quite interesting that they turned around quite quickly from it from the first run the last day within 20 days. It's, uh, yeah, I think that's probably to see if the freshman was knocked out by the first day. She was very keen, wasn't she? Yeah. Very much failing to settle and just having she fun. Set- <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's having fun. But I thought she settled a little bit better. But she, I thought she was. I mean, it looked like she was keen, but I thought she was enthusiastic rather than what she was the first day. She was tanking away the first day. So that that was a big positive sign. She she's a nice horse, yeah. I, she's speedy, isn't she? She's very quick, and um, I'm not sure where where I lie with her at the moment, but she's definitely like one to keep an eye on for sure. She is. She's a she's a proper pocket rocket. Love it. Um, before we move on to our performance of the week, our sexual performance, I thought it was just quite nice to time one of our listener questions because obviously we love to hear from people we, we want them to be involved in the show and um, michael walker sent in a lovely question here actually what is your favorite punting day of the festival and what is the one race that you always <laughs> seem to get right most years i love this question so much it's brilliant um daryl start start with you so thank you michael walker for writing in the, the well the favourite day has to be the Tuesday, doesn't it? When it all yeah. kicks off, the, you know, yeah. the buzz about about the festival kicking off on the Tuesday is just like, the Monday before the amount of content that goes out to people and people's opinions. And uh, that's got to be the, the my, my favourite day uh, kicking off. And actually the Supreme is the horse, uh, is the race that I, I t- I've tend to done quite well in, in the past. Um, obviously Constitution Hill last year, uh, Altior was, um, was, was one for me, Classical Dream, um, Marine National, sorry, last year. Um, yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, I, I tend to do quite well. I focus quite a lot on that race though, because for, as a punter, confidence is everything. And if you can get off to a g- good start by nailing the Supreme winner, you know, it, that confidence can just roll and roll and roll. So I find it very important to to try and nail that race uh, to the best of my ability. So yeah, Tuesday favourite. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear that because... Uh, at most things in life is confidence. Of course, you want to hit the ground running. You want to you want to hit the ground with, you know, success and feeling great going into it. So it's really interesting to hear that from a from a punter's point of view. Um, Brandon, what about what about you? Because obviously, it's quite an open question here, isn't it? Your, your favorite. Oh, it's a great game. question. It'd it's be the same. Question. I can guarantee it. He wants to well, get no, a good punting start. It's a it's it's a great question because it gives me the opportunity to after time winners, uh, which was absolutely. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like Daryl. It's a true question to answer. <clears throat> excuse me, because it's not easy to separate the, the build up towards Cheltenham from 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 the punting end of things. So for for me, like Daryl, it, it would be the Tuesday. But it's such a protracted build up that how could you not be most excited? come the Tuesday and I would say and then of course you have the three grade one races in the first four and I would say also that the Supreme is usually a very interesting betting race because if you've less to go on on the, than say with the novice chases now you do have bumper form etc but you're trying to tie up English form and Irish form you usually get a decent sized field in it so, so, so that can be a right betting race so so the Tuesday for, for, for me is the most exciting day whether that's from a, a punting or just an emotional perspective. And in terms of the race that I've mostly got right, well, there's no race. I, I, I tend to, of all the races over Cheltenham, I would definitely have backed more losers than winners. But the Stairs <laughs> Hurdle 
the stairs hurdle has been has been very good to me. I managed to get in early on the Ingalls Dreaver and Big Bucks dynasties and just uh, roll all the way with them. And I had an I'm, I'm not a big anti-post punter, actually. Hence, I'm on this show, obviously. Uh, but I did uh, have an anti-post tickle on Paisley Park, who was another horse um, in, in in his second season over hurdles, who I got with early. And basically, he could, he did no wrong that season. So the stairs hurdle has been kind to me, undoubtedly. Yeah, I love it. I love hearing all your stories. We need to hear more of this as, as the show goes on over the weeks. You're punting experiences um brendan we'll just stick with you for your performance of the week because i'm really looking forward to hearing all about it oh yeah well i mean the blood destiny um it, it, it's an obvious one but i mean how how, how could he, how could he not be the performance of the week uh it's an interesting horse this obviously second part for the triumph last year on the back of a couple of bloodless wins in ireland where indeed he had been a bit keen and had made mistakes jumping hurdles um, and then he was far too keen in the, in the, in the triumph. So you, you, you sort of think, well, will he, will he, because he's only a four-year-old, will he even go jumping fences? But Willie says, no, 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 not only will he go jumping fences, but we're going to step up and trip. Yeah. And I would have said, I would have said, it's possible. It's possible that you've made a mistake here, Willie Mullins. But uh, not a bit of it. The horse no. jumped out. He, it was an exuberant, zesty performance. I'll grant you that, but there were no rank tendencies at all. He seemed to just go along in a lovely, kindly manner. Went down to the first, took two lengths out of Hartwood, who himself is, isn't a bad jumper at all, and have run well behind Grange Clare West in a beginner's chase. Proceeded to jump from fence to fence. Made a mistake at the second last. It just didn't get quite high enough. But, I mean, in, in, in one sense, you'd kind of be hoping that a horse would make one mistake so that they, at least they have they have something to learn. And then mm-hmm. found, pl- found plenty from the back of the last um, up the stiff uh, Nays Hill. I, I, I think there's, there's substance to the form. He, he started off over two and a half miles, so I suppose you'd be thinking the Turners would be the race for him. But I mean, Willie Mullins alone has a raft of contenders for that race already. So I've no idea exactly what he's going to do with the horse. Um, but he clearly knows a bit more about him than I do. And he's a very exciting prospect going forward. Yeah, well, I'll just give you the prices on the Betfair Sportsbook. So 33 to 1 into 14 to 1 for the Turners and mm. 16 to 1 um, for the Brown Advisory. And yeah, you couldn't knock it. He just jumped so well and he, he travelled really strongly. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, that, that, that's it. But 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 didn't didn't over travel. Um, no. And, and not a word, I grant you, but he definitely didn't over travel. <laughs> and, and just such such an accurate jumper. And those nice fences take jumping. Yeah. That's no, fascinating. Um, well, thank you for that. And um, Daryl, one we'd love to hear from as well is your sectional performance of the week, something that you uh, definitely specialised in. So we're looking forward to hearing all about sectional performance. Yeah, it's, it's Dysart Enos, Enos at Cheltenham. Um, I, I, I very much doubted Careful this that, don't you? Enos, Enos. <laughs> Enos. <laughs> I very much doubted this, this all. I didn't doubt her as such, but I thought, she was cut into seven to one after winning on hurdle debut, and she achieved very, very little there. And she beaten trees and in a very slow time and quickening away. And there was a big buzz about her after that. And I, I just had to be reserved about her. And uh, I fancied her to win on Saturday. Um, it wasn't a di- the deepest field, but the, the, the horse who finished second beat the bat is surely going to be a, a mid one thirties horse. You'd like to think with with improvement. Um, they finished pretty well clear of the third. The, the circuit time was was really well run. It was 23 lengths quicker than 
um, Go Dante, who won the handicap on the card. It was quicker than um, the juvenile we discussed earlier. Um, and it was obviously much quicker than, or it wasn't much quicker, it was quicker than uh, Shanahar Bob. Three out to the line, she was quicker than anything else on the card as well. So it re- really good sort of sectional performance um, in every way you look at it. The race got going up after the third hurdle, really just built from there out and just built all the way around to the line. It was a, a real true test. She came through that with flying colours, thought she was going away at the finish, plenty in hand, uh, which is exactly what you'd like to see. The numbers back it up, um, albeit the form is, uh, again, uh, as it it's going to be a continued theme over this side of the RSC. It's going to be difficult to sort of get a real handle on the form because our novices are just not that deep. We just haven't got a deep pool of novices to be able to say that's a big form boost. That's a big form boost or whatever. But this was the right result in terms of the first and second, the, the numbers add up. And uh, yeah, she, I think she's a worthy, a, a, is she worthy of seven to two at the top of the market? I'd be, you know that's uh, that's up for debate, really. But she's definitely worthy of being towards the top of the market, and I think they've got one that they can be excited about because she can travel now. Now she's proven she can travel in a, a strongly run race, and she can quicken off a, a, a decent pace. A jumping's fine. I would just hope that for her backers, that Paddy Brennan doesn't do a Paddy Brennan and try and hold her up at the rear of the field with a you know, a wonder ride and try and come late. She doesn't need that. She just needs a straightforward ride. She's good enough to hold a position uh, at pace and she's good enough to quicken off it. So it doesn't need that drastic hold up ride, which can cause all sorts of problems if horses come down in front of you, et cetera. So yeah, uh, she was, she, she made uh, sectional performance of the week. It was almost blood destiny. I must admit it was almost blood destiny. Um, But that little bastard, I tell you, 33 to one, I'll put him up for the triumph hurdle last year. And he goes off at three to one and he pulls like an absolute idiot. Jesus. And then I took him on on Saturday with Hartwood who could never get near him. So, now, now he, the yeah. only thing I'd say, Daryl, is he learned a lot from that from that triumph. And as should you. Learn to lose and learn from losing. <laughs> that is what you, Blood Destiny has done. Would you? Okay, I'll put this to you then, Brenda. Would you be concerned about Blood Destiny going back to Cheltenham after the performance he put in last year there? Well, yeah, I, I, I mean... I, it would definitely be a nagging concern, but I I would say that I haven't seen him settle as well in a race in Ireland yeah. as he did in in Nace on on uh, well Thursday was it I, I can't yeah. remember what day but um, he does he does he does seem to be learning and it was only the fifth start of his career um, yeah so he could easily go back to two miles with the way he was jumping you know that but I think well, the options are open to him aren't they. Well, 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 well. What's Willie going to do with all these these novice chases? I mean, you you put up a legitimate show for for, for the, the the Turners last week and Gaelic Warriors' favour for 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 the thing. It seems like every week he gets a Turners contender that could yeah. drop back and trip. So yeah, there are an abundance on that. And I forgot about our lovely one-liners. So learn to lose. I, I I'll learn remember that one. And, and and learn from losing that. And learn from and learn from losing. And what was this, yours this game, last week about sausage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's not quite as uh, you know imaginative or as articulate as our as my as my colleague Brendan Duke. Mine was battered sausage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop <laughs> it! Don't make me laugh too much. I'll start with a coughing fit. Um, we're going to focus our attention on the anti-post preview. Of course, we're week five, and we're going to look at the National Hunt Chase. So, if I just give. Um, a bit of an overall of the betting on the Betfair Sportsbook. 
you guys can talk about any of your fancies, um, any horses that you want to mention. Three card brag is heading the way around seven to one. Um, Favorite Shamdu at eight to one. <clears throat> Embassy Gardens, 10 to one. Manella Kakuno, 10 to one. Classical Dream, 10 to one. Sandor Glagan is 12 to one. Stay away, Faye at 12s. Uh, um, Afordel Fiori's 14, Florian Porter's 14, Broadway Boys 14. Then we go 16 to one bar in the betting. Couple of little changes here, Broadway Boys 16s into 14s um, and 25 to one into 16, one for the Brown Advisory. Embassy Gardens 20 to one into 10 to one um, for this and 33 into 20 for the Brown Advisory. So that's all the prizes on the Betfair Sportsbook. Who wants to take us away for our anti-post preview for the National Hunt Chase? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind starting. I'll, I'll just start with the, just reiterating the criteria that is uh, is needed to be met for this race. So um, um, everyone seems to know, everyone knows it, but it's just worth bringing up every year for those that forget. But a BHA rate of 120 plus must have run on at least two chases and finished in the first four over two miles, seven and a half furlongs or further, and once and ran once over fences during that season. So, you know, the looks of Free Car Bragg, Embassy Gardens, Classical Dream, Manella Kakuna, four of the five top four of the top five in the betting are not qualified for this yet, but neither are half the field. So it, there's still plenty of time. Uh, obviously up and right can qualify right up until March, but it's just worth mentioning that um that if you keep seeing horses entered over two and a half miles, two and a half miles, then you'd you'd be concerned. Um it's hard to have a strong opinion at the moment, I must admit. I thought Broadway Boy was good again at Cheltenham. I thought he was very much benefited by the new course though. Um I think the second last caught him out um behind Floor and Porter. He was no match for Floor and Porter of course, but I, I do think the the building up of the uh, the run from the third to the or the, to, from the second to the to the last at the, on the new course very much suited him. I think he's a national hunt chase horse, but they're hell bent on going for the Brown Advisory, so bear that in mind. Um, he'll probably end up running the Grade One race, and and he's got the rating of one hundred and fifty now to do so, so he'd probably go there. Um, bit of a muddling affair for me looking at the Irish. I thought Factor File could be a horse going this way. It'd be interesting to see if he goes in the Neville Hotel over Christmas. That race has produced a couple of National Hunt Chase winners in the past, so worth keeping an eye on that. Flanking Manoeuvre at a big price. Uh, Brendan will be able to tell me more about this horse, I think. Um, but for Noel Mead, was the horse that at the start of the season I had in mind for this. He's 25-1 to 1 on the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, for whatever reason, he went into 10 to 1 and then he's come right out to 25 to 1. Now, he has got an entry in that Neville Hotel over Christmas. So there are positive signs there. Um, whether or not they'll come to Cheltenham, I always feel with Noel Mead horses, you can never guarantee they're going to come to the Cheltenham yeah. Festival. So I'm concerned, but I'm definitely keeping him on side. He's got some excellent form. He was third, I think, in a 10 up last year. 10-up novice chase, which, again, is another good pointer to this event for March. Um, he looks a dour stayer to me, and uh, he would be a second-season novice coming in here with a good bit of experience. So that's the way I'd be looking, but there's plenty you can consider. Um, so I'll hand you over to Brendan. Yeah, and that's reflected in the market, plenty to consider. So, Brendan, at this stage, give us your thoughts on the National Hunt chase and, of course, that bigger price um, that Daryl just mentioned, flanking manoeuvre. Yes, I, I mean, I would have a, just a, a stock rule of not backing no meat horses at Cheltenham. Mm. Uh, so, um, but uh, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a fair point about his, his experience. He, he also has a patchy profile for, uh, with, with injuries, for, which which would be a concern. 
Um, I suppose from a from an anti-post perspective, the the secret to getting a really juicy anti-post docket here is to try and work out what Patrick Mullins is going to going to write. But as we mentioned earlier, with blood destiny. I struggled to get inside the mind of Willie Mullins. So to then also get inside the mind of Patrick Mullins <laughs> would surely would surely be considered above my pay grade. I mean, the obvious contenders at the moment are Embassy Gardens, Back to File, Nick Rocket, but something something could jump up and, and become another more obvious consent. So I've decided to forget about the Willie Mullins horses. This is my policy on, on the national uh-huh. shape. I like like Daryl. I found it very difficult, but I ended up going with the Fav. The Fav, yes, uh, but eight to one. So that you know, Favori de Champ Du, who is a, an interesting horse. Uh, he's eight rising nine, so it's been a slow burner, but only has only had eleven starts under rules. Um, pretty good novice herder. Blew out the Albert Bartlett, granted, but probably better. That didn't go off a massive price in the Albert Bartlett either. Comes back over an inadequate trip in Galway now. Fairness, 10 miles would probably be an inadequate trip for this horse, but comes back over an inadequate trip in Galway, runs a good race, finishes second, making those couple of novice errors that we like, Nat. Jumped a lot better in a, in a grade two in Punchestown, which he won by 14 lengths. Now, you could definitely say, forget about Florian Porter, complete throwout race for Florian Porter, I get that. But Sander Clegane, who was 14 lengths back in second, no mug. So I thought it was a very impressive performance on just his second career start he'll stay forever i can see why he's fab if i haven't backed him now but if i was having an antipose bet at this stage it would be him yeah and just jostling there with three card brag who's also seven to one fabric shamdu eight to one so yeah it's, i oh yeah i like fabric shamdu when we previewed him a few weeks ago i thought that was um, a nice performance well we can look at our antipost selections for the festival at this stage. It's getting quite fun now. We're on episode five because we've got a nice little portfolio of people's antipost tips for each week. And I always like to just go over them so we all know where we're at. The first week, Daryl was MYLN at 14 to 1 for the Ryanair, now 12 to 1. Kevin was that Croke Park horse, 20 to 1 for the Albert Bartlett, now 12 to 1. The second week, Daryl was on Jiroko de Rappinay at 12 to 1, uh, the Supreme now 8 to 1. Kevin was on the lovely grey gentleman's game, 20 to 1, um, for the Gold Cup still at 20 to 1. Third week, Daryl gave us Ashro Diamond, 11 to 2 for the Mayor's Hurdle, still remains at 11 to 2. Kev had no bet. Um, the fourth week, last week, Daryl Indiana Dream at 10 to 1 for the Turner's Novices Chase, but that horse can win any race in the world, can't it, Daryl? Yeah, absolutely. And, Brendan, you had no bet. And we always say, if you don't have a strong anti-post bet with each episode, you absolutely don't have to. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, um, you both have an anti-post tip for us this week. Woohoo! Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say... <laughs> what was that? I wouldn't, I, Hold I, on, I, let's I, not let him get away with that. What was that noise? <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, I, 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 I mean, I'm excited. I, it was the least to... excited woo. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, uh, you, you mentioned in, in, in the preamble that a strong anti-post bet. I've had a, a little tickle, but I was surprised that I could even dig something out. So I had a look at, at the betting uh, for the Ryanair and I noted that the sports book were a standout 20 to 1 about Edwardstone. 
I thought, God, that looks a bit big. And the more I dug into it, the bigger and bigger it looked because you will remember plea the Schlur chase that yeah. King was already making noises about stepping the, 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 the horse up and trip. Uh, he, he he was well enough beaten there. I'm not sure it was necessarily, I mean, John Bond's a very smart horse. It, it might have necessarily been the trip. He, he, he might have been just fully wound up for the race. Ran better than when trying to defend his crown in, in the Tingle Creek, beating two lengths by John Bond, another solid effort. I feel like they're probably looking, there's so many moving parts when you're talking about uh, the Ryanair because you've got the Gold Cup, you've, you, you've got the champion chase. So if something happened to the big two in the champion chase, maybe they might say, well, we've only one horse to beat now and we'll, we'll, we'll stay at two miles. But I think as things stand at the moment, they had it in their minds to step up and trip. He's been put in his place twice by John Bond. They, 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 will, they will step up and trip. The only time he's run over further than two miles was um, in a, a grade three hurdle, handicap hurdle at the Aintree Festival. And he was running on at the end. So, you, you know, it, it could, in fact, unlock an improvement in him. So at this stage, I make him, I'd say, about one to two to run in the Ryanair over the champion chase, which I, when you're getting 20 to one would make him, I don't know, 12 or 14 to one shot in the race. I'd be surprised if he's that big. Again, the, the moving parts are a concern for this bet, but they're a concern for it. Like if, if Alaho goes and wins the, the King George, are they then going to say, well, we're duty bound to go for the Gold Cup now? So it's always yep. the case with, with, with a race like this that, it, that, that things can move for you and things can move against you. But as we stand now, Nash, as we stand <clears> now, I managed to find an anti-post bet and the horse is Edward Stone for the Ryanair chase, 20 to 1, too big. <laughs> like, like your case. <laughs> Daryl, what's your anti-post tip for the week? Well, th this is this horse is um th this horse made the time performance um of the week in week three. He's a horse that's been playing on my mind since that day. And I've seen him slowly be chipped away in the market and I've been a little bit frustrated. And that horse is Mighty Bandit for the Triumph Hurdle. Um, this horse has entered in the night, Frank, over Christmas. Now, I have already had two stabs in this on my column um, with Salvatore Mundi and Sir Gino. So I was hesitant to put this lad in. But there has probably not been a performance this season that I've been more blown away by. And this lad, the more I watch, every time I watch it back, I'm still so impressed with the performance. So he had to go on the list. So Mundi's not made the the... the the, uh, the the list over Christmas, so that's a slight concern. So I'm happy to, to get him up at eight to one. I think that's very fair. The Knight Frank uh, grade two over Christmas is a great pointer to the triumph hurdle. Um, I think it's produced two winners, one, two, three, four runner-ups uh, in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. So yeah. it is really a good pointer uh, to the festival. I was just blown away. Like we, we mentioned, we went back, we mentioned about the time figure being much quicker than State Man. Now, State Man was a slow, steadily run affair that day, but at every point, he was quicker from the back, even from the back of the last to the line. And it was just uh, such an impressive performance that I'm hoping he's going to go on for it. And I'm hoping after Christmas, when we return, he will be favourite. Like he should be already for the Triumph Hurdle. Oh, I love it. Two brilliant anti post bets. And you've led on so naturally, Daryl, too, after Christmas, because we will be taking a little break next week. I don't even need to tell anyone how much action there's going to be racing over Christmas. It is so unbelievably exciting. And 
for horse racing fans, it's great, isn't it, Christmas? Because if you're kind of at home with your family, you can have the TV on, watch all the racing. We're going to have a, a huge show, aren't we, in the new year, lads? Like, Unbelievable. We're gonna, how long do you think it's going to be? How long do you think the show's going to be? Is there anything better than, than being down the pub on Boxing Day, watching the football and the racing? I mean, Not really. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. And then you've got, like, the next three days, that period between Boxing Day and New Year is just unbelievable. As long as they've quality. got, as long as the pub has, this is my criteria, good Guinness, proper Guinness, and a proper port scratchings. None of that, you know, I don't mind the odd hair. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you want the hair on it, don't you? <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I'm not one of those girls, you know. Ooh, no, that means it's like proper, proper port scratching. And, you know, some dry roasted nuts don't go amiss either. Brendan, oh, will you lovely. Be doing the same Guinness on Boxing Day? Well, I'll be at the races um, in, in, in Leverstown. I'll go to Leverstown uh, for, for the four days. Yeah, but hopefully they'll and have Guinness there, Brendan. They, 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 they'll have Guinness. I tend not to mix business and pleasure, though, but I will be having a few drinks post-racing. And, of course, the darts bacchanal is on at the moment. So yeah. it is it is a heady time of the year, but I've managed to survive 45 <laughs> of four of them. So, um, I yeah, I could probably survive this one. No, it's great. We're just going to have so much action over Christmas. That's why, of course, as well, people are tired of the family engagement. We'll have that little break and then we'll come back full power in the new year we'll do a great big show for you and then people can really start getting stuck into Cheltenham because of course that's what we all do um in the new year now we've given you all the prices today on the bet first sports book but as always um it is really really important to gamble responsibly it's something we feel very very passionate about we're talking about anti-post betting we're, we're giving you tips we're, we're looking at different horses but if you don't fancy it you don't have to it's what we always say so gamble responsibly please it's so important and what we thought we'd do as we are off next week is finish on a listener's question um which is by nick haynes and we thought this was a really nice way uh to end the show this week nick haynes um daryl start with you are there any runners you are lining up over the xmas christmas period with the idea of getting some value before they head to cheltenham uh there are loads like the the one bit of advice i would give to, to, to people over christmas is if you know if you've got spare cash and you are doing it responsibly and you're betting anti-post is for it let me give you an example if you fancy aloho for the king george there's nothing wrong with chucking a, a you know a fiver or a tenner or whatever on him at 33 to 1 for the gold cup yeah. because if he goes and wins the king george there's a high likelihood that that price is going to be cut immediately and he's going to go there so i would always look at who you fancy to win the race at christmas and then relate it to their anti-post price so for example i fancy florin porter over christmas to win yeah, uh, he's sixteen to one for the Brown Advisory. If he goes and wins what is the, the the Neville Hotel, which is arguably one of the well, arguably will be the deepest Grade One over three miles that we've seen so far this season, then he's probably going to be cut considerably in the market. So, yeah, I would always um, look to have two bets over Christmas. If I fancy one in the market, there I'll be looking at his market, the market Cheltenham market as well, because it's yeah. obviously all related. So, yeah, in terms of horses. I'm very much interested to see Marine National because either way that Arkle market's going to change based on what he does. Um, but again, Floor and Porter, Mighty, the Mighty, uh, Mighty Bandit is uh, the two that I'm very, very keen on to get ahead of the game with them too. Yeah, nice. And Brendan, what about you then? 
Yes, there is. I mean, there's probably more than one, but the one that stands out is Irish Point is stepping up the three miles for the first time in, in Leopardstown in the three mile um, grade one race named after Jack de Bromhead. And he, he's, just a, he's just a horse I absolutely love. I mean, as an obvious, he didn't go to Cheltenham, he bypassed it and that was proven to be a wise move when he went and won in Aintree. And you could say, will they do the same this year because they have Tihupu for the stairs hurdle. But I feel like if Irish Point wins this race, as I expect them to do, they will be duty bound to go for the stair. And it's not like Tia Poo's going to be a four to six shot or anything. So mm-hmm. have a have a couple of strings to your bow, uh, Rob Core would be my advice. No one ever listens to me. Hundred percent. I would back you well, up on that. Uh, yeah. So so if if I am right and he does, and I'm I'm frequently wrong, it must be said. But if he does go and 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 win that race at Leopardstown. He's not going to be 14 to 1 for a stairs early. The very good comeback beating a talented mare over an adequate trip, conceding her lumps of weight. Just such a likable horse, good jumper, probably improved for the step up in three miles. So I'll have a little tickle on him at 14s for the stairs. Oh, early. pray to God you are right, Brendan, because he was the second selection on my column at 14 to 1. Uh, I've been very, very much hoping that he they would go this route. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Rob Kerr. Have two strings in your bow for, the, for, a, for an attack on the stairs hurdle, definitely. Yeah. I like it. And Brendan, we must say thank you so much for being on the show the last couple of weeks. Kevin I know, Blake, Kevin Blake's coming back. What a, what a downgrade for you. I'm sorry. I'm what really a, I mean, he, he'll be back on, money. He'll be back on. Brendan will be back on. Of course you will, Brendan, be back on. But um, Kevin's still working on that Irish tan of his over in Thailand, so... We're not we're not sure how that's going. Well, well, well thanks for having me. You, you were very kind to me, both of you. No, you've been absolutely awesome. Cord should be back on. We know that, but it's just been it's been a pleasure. And thanks for all your insightful knowledge, and particularly your one liners that give us uh, give us joy sometimes on on a grey miserable day. And Daryl, thank you, of course, always. And we'll see you after Christmas. We're going to have that little break, and then loads to get stuck into. But actually, for now, I think we wish you both a merry Christmas, and everybody watching as well. We wish everybody a merry Christmas and very happy New Year. Bye.